Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Women's Pelvis Wellness. Um, some of you may have been wondering what the heck's going on with Amy. She's been kind of slacking lately with uh, this podcast business. So I've alluded to a few things. Um, it, it's been, I know it's already October, but I kind of feel like things have been pretty chaotic for me since about the end of May. Um, I lost my nephew in a very tragic accident. Um, there were sicknesses with the kids over the summertime and a lot of other things just kind of going on. Uh, business, personal, lots of growth. Um, and good stuff. But, you know, even sometimes when you have so much good stuff happen, it's still overwhelming and you still need to kind of step back, make sure that you're grounded through the process. Um, and then school started and it was a really, really rough start. So my kids have always gone to a small private school and I was very unhappy with them last year, um, how things were handled some of the things with specific teachers. And so I decided they're gonna to go to public school. So they went from a class of about 60 kids to a class of about 460 kids, which depending on where you live, that's still considered small. But for them, for my daughter specifically, it was too big of a jump. It was massive sensory overload and she was having panic attacks and not sleeping. Um, not eating. We couldn't even get her. She went to the school for three days and it was, it was just too much. So we put her back in her other school. And then my son who is older, she's 14, he's 15. He liked the new school, but he said, well, you know, if Rebecca's going to go back and all my friends are there, then I may as well go back. And I felt like I gave up. I felt like I just was like, fuck it. I don't want to fight anymore. Do what you want. Go where you want. I really felt like they were giving up so much opportunities because public schools are obviously just better funded because they are public. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to each. I just felt like the kids needed exposure to more opportunities and maybe some more real life stuff. Um, and so it didn't happen. I felt like a failure. I felt like a quitter. Um, I really did put it all on myself and I kept getting messages, you know, from spirit. Um, the number one came up a lot. The number two came up a lot. The number four came up a lot. Um, lots of eights also. So I know the kids are going to be fine regardless of where they go to school. So I've let that disappointment go. Um, but my daughter <clears throat> is at the, you know, the old school, the new old school. Um, so they, like I said, they went back to their school and then three days later, my daughter came home and was telling me that 
this boy who's new to school was making them feel very uncomfortable and that he was getting in their personal space and that he wasn't honoring their boundaries. And I'm like, oh, I like all those words. I'm doing something right. Um, and I said, well, what is he saying to you guys? She's like, well, I think I want to report him. And I said, well, tell me what he's saying. And he is asking these girls what vaginas smell like, telling them that um, women lie about rape to get revenge on men, telling them that he gets boners in school and that he has to go home and beat his meat. He was moaning in one of the girl's ears. I mean, and I was thinking, oh yeah, this is bad. This is sexual harassment. This has to stop immediately. Um, so another girl had come forward and told her mom. So of course, both moms together immediately contacted about five or six people at the school. Um, the matter was taken care of, you know, right away the next morning, he was pulled from class. They did their thing. I personally would have liked to have seen more done. However, the girls feel as though justice was served with, you know, their disciplinary action. So that's the most important part, right? That the victim, quote unquote victim in the case, um, feels as though justice is served. So but seeing how sure of herself she was and how strong she was and how he's not allowed to talk to me that way. Um, you know, and then the Dean called me, the Dean of students called me cause he had to share with me like the results of the investigation and the kid basically admitted to a lot of stuff. And then he admitted to a bunch more stuff that they didn't know. And this had been going on for two weeks and none of the other girls came forward. And my daughter and another, her other friend came forward. And I am like, okay, the cycle is broken. I broke the cycle of being silenced in my family and in my life. Because my daughter is confident and she's sure of herself. And this isn't going to happen to her. She's going to speak up. So this is amazing. So seeing her confidence and her just self-assuredness, it actually inspired me to report my own attempted assault. So at the end of June, a male friend of mine who I've known for six years um, came over to my house to visit, something he's done many, many, many times in the last six years. And um, he tried to force himself on me. And I was completely and totally shocked and blown away um, I kind of froze for like a millisecond. And then I was like, oh gosh, you know, this isn't happening. So I was shoving him. I was pushing him. I was saying no. I was yelling his name. And he kept trying to like put his hands up my dress and um, spread my legs, get his head under my dress. Um, he just kept saying, just let me taste it. Just let me taste it. And I was like, this is really going to happen. Like he's going to force himself on me. And finally I looked at him and I'm like, are you honestly going to rape me right now? You're really going to force me to do this. And it was like, he snapped out of a daze. And, you know, I told my, and then obviously I made him leave. And I told myself, well, first I was, I mean, like I said, I, I was, I was a little bit afraid in the moment, but I was so fucking pissed. I got so mad. I was so mad at him. I was mad at myself 
for not reporting it. I got mad at the patriarchy and I wanted to take them all down, you know? Um, and <clears throat> I just decided if a 14 year old is strong enough to do this, then I certainly can do this. So I went down, I told the officer um, what had happened. And the second question that he asked me, and I knew he was going to ask me this, the very second question that he asked me was, have you and him ever had any, you know, sexual relationship in the past? And I said, I knew you were going to ask me that. And the answer is that's hundred percent irrelevant. I said, it doesn't matter if I was hanging from the chandeliers with him the night before. I said, no, I pushed him. You know, I tried to get away. I was sitting in my recliner. So I was trying to like wiggle away over the back of it. And I mean, he's just way stronger than me. Um, so the officer said, hey, I mean, I got defensive instantly. I was instantly annoyed and pissed and defensive that he even asked that question because it's not relevant. And he's like, I'm just trying to understand where he's coming from. And I said, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if we have done anything in the past. This was wrong and he knows it. Um, and then I shared some other things, you know, from my past, because this is not, I mean, I have been raped. I have been molested. I have had attempted assaults before and I've never said anything. And I thought, you know, the other piece of it was like, well, he didn't rape me. It wasn't that bad, but I was violated. My home was violated. I was made to feel uncomfortable and I was assaulted in my own home. Um, so the cop, you know, he looked up all of the statutes and whatever he had to look up. And he said, well, because he didn't actually touch any of your sexual parts, because I was able to fight him off so that he didn't, they could charge him with a disorderly conduct. And he said, what do you want to see happen to this guy? And I said, well, it's not like I want to take him down, but I want him to be aware. Somebody needs to wake him up. I just don't want to be silent anymore. So I said, charge him with the max you can charge him with. And I mean, this is just a consequence of his actions. That's the thing. We should never feel bad about coming forward. We should never feel bad about, you know, because they have kids or because they have a girlfriend. I found out he had a girlfriend for eight years and I knew none of this stuff. And he moved in with this girlfriend about two weeks ago. So even after this happened, he's still moving forward. And um, I'm moving forward too. But the point was, me reporting whatever happens, it's a consequence of his actions. And we are not responsible for anyone else's choices. And we're not responsible for the consequences of those choices. Thank God I wasn't raped. And it's still worthy of reporting. So the officer said that he was going to call him in for an interview. Um, he got there for an interview at 520 at 536 the officer called me and said that he admitted to pretty much everything that he deeply apologized and that he was going to accept the charge of disorderly conduct. And I in turn shared that with one of my guidance clients, um, my daughter's experience, my experience. And she said to me, I should really report mine. And then I found out that just weeks before her and I started working together, she was raped in her apartment and hadn't reported it. And I said, there's no way that you were the first victim. And if the woman before you or the woman before her or the woman before her had come forward, 
then it wouldn't, it, maybe it would have not happened to you. Saying those things like that makes me feel like we're putting a guilt trip on victims. Like, well, if you report it, you'll save the next woman. So just, we have to, I, I, I believe that that's a possibility that that's true, but also it's not true because we're not in control of someone else's choices and we're not responsible for anyone else's choices. So please come forward, but don't feel guilty if you're not ready to, you know? So I expressed, you know, um, she lives in a completely different state. So I suggested some advocacy groups, um, you know, try to find local people in your area that will help you, you know, go and report it because it's not a fun thing to report. Um, you do kind of feel like you have to explain yourself. You know, I even said to the officer, cause he said, um, I said he was getting, reaching his hands under my dress. And I felt like I needed to explain that, you know, like I always wear dresses. Well, it doesn't matter if I was wearing a dress. It doesn't matter if I was wearing a bikini. It doesn't matter what I was wearing. We've been conditioned to like, we have to explain and prove that this happened to us rather than them proving that they didn't do it. And so many times when women do come forward, if the man is even convicted, they just get flimsy, shitty sentences anyways. You know, sexual harassment, sexual assault goes both ways. Men and women are victims. Men and women are perpetrators. But the vast majority of the time, it's a man perpetrating the crime against the woman. The people making these laws about all this stuff are men. The officers, a lot of times, of course, they're going to have, they have to have a woman there, you know, but a lot of, you know, the majority of officers are men. The majority of the doctors who women have to go to, again, they actively try to find women, but a lot of them are men. Um, so you know, again, so much is wrong with the system. But anyways, my whole point in telling you all of this stuff is that this has really made me go internal and be very introspective. And seeing my daughter inspire me, and then together we inspired another woman. That ripple effect is going to go on and on. Because I'm going to keep telling the story. Maybe, maybe, you know, one or two of you are going to hear my story and hear my daughter's story and be encouraged to come forward. And it doesn't matter if it happened three months ago or three years ago or 20 years ago, you can still tell, you can still say this happened to me. Um, you know, because it's something that we have to live with, you know, our whole life and we have to work through it and let it go eventually. Um, but you know, we all have our path. We all have our healing journey. And for some, it takes longer than others, but I wanted to let my daughter know. So I shared with her, um, I said, you know, I, I just told her very briefly what happened. A male friend of mine came over. He tried to force himself on me. Don't worry, nothing happened. Like he didn't, he did not accomplish his goal, but I said, he did scare me and he did make me mad. And I told her that I reported it. I told her what, you know, the end result of that was. And then that I went on and shared with my client and what she shared with me. And I just said, Rebecca, you're so much stronger and more sure of yourself than I ever was at your age. I mean, she's 14. She just turned 14, like two weeks ago. And she said, well, mama, that's because I have you and you didn't have you. And I'm getting emotional right now. I totally freaking ugly cried when she told me that. 
because it's true. I did this. I changed the cycle and she's the product of that. So I just encourage you to tell your story and to speak up about your truth because it, I mean, I know it sounds totally cliche, but it does set you free. I had so much anger and bitterness because I didn't report him and because he had the balls to do that. Like, how could he do that? I was so mad at him. And after I reported him, even before I knew um, that he admitted to it or that he was going to accept the charge or however that all works, um, that anger had lifted from my soul. And I felt so much lighter and it was amazing. Um, and hopefully this opens his eyes and he doesn't do this, you know, again, to anyone else, but that's a lot of, you know, kind of what I've been dealing with, you know, or not dealing with, but going through experiencing. Um, I know that all things are relative. I know that there is, there's some people have horror movie lives every single day. And I understand that. Um, so everything is relative in the grand scheme of things. Was this one incident, you know, life-changing and the answer is yes, it was life-changing. It totally changed my view on not totally changed. Um, it cleared up my view on a lot of things, not my view. Um, yeah, my own, my own internal strength. You know, I, I can be as strong as a 14 year old. (laughs) Um, so know that your story, you know, don't try to talk yourself out of it. Like, well, it wasn't that bad. He didn't actually rape me. He didn't actually, you know, touch my butt. He didn't actually, you know, get to any of my sexual parts as the officer said. Um, but it was still scary and it was still wrong and it was still an assault. It was still an invasion of my space. Um, so everything matters because you matter and everything that happens to you shifts and changes who you are, even subtly. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of what I've been experiencing. So I've just kind of been taking time to process all of that as well as help the kids do things. Then I actually got COVID and I don't like to even put energy into that whole situation, but it happened. So I got a nice vacation out of the deal. Nice staycation. Um, I'm in central Wisconsin and the weather here has been absolutely stunning. Um, the leaves are gorgeous and it's been the seventies and low eighties. So I literally sat outside and had some sun therapy. I took a nap every day, thankfully, um, because my ex and I are divorced, the kids were able to just go to their dads and they weren't exposed. So that was wonderful. Um, other things that have been going on that I've kind of been processing is just kind of shifting, um, the body and soul reconnection journey program that is um been incredible um it has been so eye-opening for me and for the women that I'm working with um it really is about reconnecting through the womb space um another woman that I'm working with she said I love doing trauma therapy with you I am not like a trauma coach I've never taken any specific um trauma training. I've shared that with people before. 
I do understand the energy of it. And at the end of the day, that's what she feels I'm helping her with. And she's grown by leaps and bounds. Um, I love seeing the aha moments that women are having. And I really think that going through this process with my daughter, with reporting my own um, attempted assault, then it's, it's, it's grow. I'm growing. I'm releasing through this process. So I would encourage you to reach out to me, um, ask me questions about this. Let's see how we can help you grow and help you heal. Um, and the other thing that I am bringing to my office is cupping. I'm super excited. Um, I have been wanting to do this for a while and, you know, life just gets in the way sometimes other priorities, right? So cupping is coming. So those are just some of the things that have been going on. Um, kind of why I've been a little bit um, introspective and taking a break for a while. And I do encourage you all to reach out to me again. I know I've said this many times, but I want to know what you want to learn about. You know, um, October is breast cancer awareness. October is also, um, it's mental health awareness month. It's also um, infant loss, you know, and miscarriage awareness month. All of those things, you know, are my jam. <laughs> All of those things are in my wheelhouse. Um, so as we're thinking about all of those, you know, those special things we are doing this month. Um, really think about, you know, how it affects you directly or indirectly. Um, because we, we, we are all connected. We all can help each other grow. Um, I was speaking with a friend of mine about the situation that happened to me. And she said, this is going to help that man too. This is going to help him grow. This is going to help him, you know, stop the cycle of whatever he's going through. And I hope it does. You know, I really hope it does. Um, like I told the officer, I don't want to take him down or ruin his life. But again, this is a consequence of his actions. This isn't my fault. If something happens and his life is ruined, that's his own problem. You know, it's not mine. Um, so yeah, stand up for yourself. Take the time to heal for yourself and be available for others when you can be. Um, and recognize your growth, people. Recognize how far you've come. Even if you think that you suck about something, even though you think you're stuck or you're stagnant, you're not growing fast enough, or you should know this stuff already, it all comes when it's supposed to. So be authentic and honor yourself. And everything should fall into place then, right? Well, thank you for letting me share all that with you. Um, I know it was kind of a little bit of a jumble, you know, of storytelling. But the key pieces that I wanted you to take away is, again, the authenticity. Be true to yourself and report everything, even if it's not as bad as what happened to so-and-so. Report it. Always report it. Because you matter and the things that happen to you matter. I love you. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. 
Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a pelvis wellness warrior.